So Speed Week is passed, the Daytona 500 is passed, we'll be heading out to Auto Club Speedway this weekend. And we had wheels popping off, wheels disappearing up to North Carolina, and yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So let's get started in the podcast. everyone welcome back to the pace car podcast pace car podcast is on tcg podcast exclusively and created by the combustion gamers so welcome back everybody hopefully we'll get this back to a regular schedule but we will have to wait and see so what did we have happen over speed weeks well there's a lot to cover uh look uh, one of the main things that was back which was nice to see was practice and qualifying that was definitely very nice to be able to have back and be able to see uh, racing on the track in small groups. A lot of nice testing and practicing going on. And that was definitely very, very nice to be able to see back on track again. So definitely very cool there. We also got to see the next-gen car in all of its, what some would say, glory uh, during Speed Weeks as well. And so, as I said, we got a lot to talk about. So let's go over... Uh, in chronological order here, let's go over the duels. So the duels, what did we see there? We saw a lot of people being very careful with the cars, uh, being very, a bit of a snooze fest to some extent, but still everyone trying to figure out, okay, how does this car handle in a uh, slightly bigger draft than maybe just five cars or six cars during practice. And uh, definitely a lot of uh, learning for a lot of the drivers happened on the duels. I was hoping to be able to be there, but unfortunately wasn't feeling quite right. So, gotta watch it on television. But uh, still, it looked uh, fairly decent. I was definitely entertained and enjoyed it, and definitely very very cool to see Roush Fenway Kozlowski racing with a back to back win at the duels. That was definitely very impressive. Impressive. Definitely inserted the team's uh, dominance. Definitely looks like they will be a force to reckon with this year. Uh, I was definitely impressed. Was not really expecting them to be that good out the gate. But back-to-back wins at the doors. That definitely shows that those cars have a very good uh, super speedway package. We'll have to see how they do on intermediate tracks or even at uh, just um, California uh, this week. But definitely very impressed and uh, definitely going to be a lot of energy coming out of at least Brad Kozlowski as he's going to be uh, racing very hard. I think he has a point to prove and that was definitely evident during the Daytona 500. But yes, Roush Fenway looks very, very um, ready to go. So that's definitely impressive and I'm definitely liking what I'm seeing out of RFK. So that's going to be fun to watch. A few other teams... That looked really good uh, this weekend were Front Row Motorsports. Front Row Motorsports looked very good. Uh, they definitely looked like they had a performance upgrade. Obviously, this is uh, the first few weeks of the next-gen car in actual points-paying competitions. So, we're going to see 
to some extent we're going to see the playing field leveled but what's going to be interesting is as we go into the season how long does that level playing field uh, remain so that's going to be interesting to watch but uh, Front Row Motorsports was a team that looked pretty good they finished very well for the Daytona 500 overall but uh, they had good performance um, Rickwell Racing uh, I did not expect them to do as good as they were but they did a decent job actually looked like they had uh, some speed so that was surprising Stuart Haas Racing actually looked good for once uh, they have not looked that good in quite a while but definitely had a very good performance uh, you also had Colin Racing didn't overly look that good obviously had issues uh, with wheels and other things but um, definitely not quite as a not quite as not high not, not as high in performance as I thought they would be uh, one team that I was rather surprised about Spire Spire was not a force to be reckoned with. Spire was very, very nowhere to be seen, and that was rather surprising. I was expecting them to be a little bit more uh, competitive, but they weren't, so that's uh, one team that uh, really didn't pop up. Obviously, we had the Money Team, and we also had New York Racing, and uh, both of those teams, while they did make the 500, definitely did not show um, a huge amount of performance coming out of those camps so definitely disappointing for those teams and another team that really did not seem to show up was OCR to some extent OCR was kind of there but really when you watch the race for the majority OCR never really popped in the frame in the front pack they never really were really there and that was kind of interesting to see that they weren't really Super in competition for the lead. Never really saw them up there contending. Uh, Hendrix was up there a little bit. Penske was up there a little bit. Uh, Joe Gibbs was up there a little bit. A lot of the main teams that we would expect to be there uh, did a fairly good job. Um, Petty Motorsports, I'd say they've always had a fairly decent super speedway package. Always have done a pretty good job getting those cars ready to go. They definitely seem to be... I wouldn't say that they were... I would say the front row motorsports looked overall better than uh, GMS Petty Motorsports, honestly, is what I would say. But I would say that uh, there was definitely improvement with uh, Petty GMS, and I definitely think that uh, having a second teammate for the super speedways is definitely going to help. So that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I, I would definitely say that the top teams that I saw improvement from uh, over last year was Front Row Motorsports and Rick Ware Racing. Definitely seemed like they jumped up performance-wise, and I definitely saw a, a very large jump over at RFK. So definitely going to be interesting to see how long all of these uh, performance jumps last, but definitely looked like all of those teams did uh, a much better job. So definitely excited to see uh, where all those teams go throughout the season, and we're going to be tracking the points here uh, because points are fun to look at. So that's, that's going to be interesting. We're going to have to keep an eyeball on that. And then we also had the wheel debacle. So we had RFK and Pinsky. They made uh, adjustments to the wheels so that they uh, were able to mesh better when going when being put onto the car and being taken off the car. So the, uh, the, uh, Brad Kozowski called it a safety change. And uh, the other team, uh, Pinsky, 
also said that it was something they had talked to NASCAR about that they could try. So I'm not totally sure what all what all the uh, conversations were in the back rooms and the handshakes and all that were. But um, both those teams made adjustments to their wheels and how they uh, attached uh, with the lug nut, etc. And obviously, so this is not no longer the five lug nut that we've all come to know and love and trust. This is the single lug nut, which uh, I'll get into a little bit later on. But uh, uh, Team Penske and RFK did modify them uh, after the duels race. NASCAR did seize those and take them up for some uh, looking at. And there has been... Uh, the statement that there will not be any penalties for RFK or Penske and NASCAR is looking at changing the design of the wheel lug nut and also talking to the manufacturers and the teams about what they can and cannot do uh, with the wheel with those wheel lug nuts and updating the rule book so that's what's going on there so kind of interesting that there isn't really any penalties going on but if Somebody in NASCAR had talked to Penske, and RFK is doing a similar thing that Penske had already gotten the okay to do, then you really can't do any penalties when you're talking back and forth with people. That's not really going to work out very well. What is interesting is the penalties that were handed down to the money team and Colleen Racing. So Justin Hayden in the number 31 and Kaz Grala in the number 50 uh, money team car. Both of them had tire issues. Kaz Grala uh, totally lost a wheel, and that totally came off and was on the track. And Justin Haley, um, I believe his wheel totally shattered. Uh, this is an aluminum wheel. This is not steel wheel. The steel wheels bend, and they can um, get dented. They can, they can sustain a lot more damage. These aluminum wheels, when you hit something... They may not break instantly, but they may break a little bit later, or they just shatter. They just crack. They just they're, they're done. Once once those wheels get hit super hard, and they've reached the limit, they're done. They they don't last any longer. But uh, so Kaz got to look like a total um, failure. His uh, tires to look like a failure to uh, get the the lug nut properly put on, or just a lug nut failure, which is also possible. And um, then you had Justin Haley, who looked like the wheel failed. And so both of those teams are receiving penalties. Their crew chiefs, uh, I believe, are out. Or the the car chiefs, one, uh, one of those. Uh, both of those teams are out for those. There are two crew members that are going to be gone. And I'm not sure what the like uh, money fine or uh, points fine is. But uh, definitely a heavy penalty for what I can probably say is just a mechanical failure. Not really... Due to any team error, uh, Justin Haley definitely looked like simply the wheel just broke. I'm, I don't think that was anything to do with how the wheel was installed, but it, it could have been. But it definitely just looked like the wheel just shattered and did not wasn't able to sustain some sort of impact from some unknown source. So that's honestly what it looked like. What also was terrible was first stage Daytona 500, brand new car. Uh, the one thing that a lot of people, including myself, pointed out was there was safety in numbers. Five lug nuts, four of them securely put on, one of them not securely put on, versus one lug nut, not, not versus one lug nut and one lug nut only, and it's hit or miss whether that lug nut is securely fastened or not. Um, honestly, we got to see that all on TV twice. 
wheels failing, these brand new wheels that NASCAR touted them for safety, uh, not being safe. So I'm not really sure why the teams got the penalties. Uh, I'm, so I'm not totally sure. Like, it was the wheel fully fast on Justin Haley? What happened with Casagala? We don't really know what happened with those. But I would hope that if people did the research and found out that yeah the the, the lug nut just failed because honestly I think that we're going to see a lot of that this year the lug nut failing and the wheels failing we're going to see a lot of both of those things this year I believe uh, I'd hope that people would do their research and say ah it's not really the team's fault it's simply the wheel and the lug nut are unfortunately prone to break which uh, a lot of us who were watching this from the sidelines and uh, talking to NASCAR were like, ah, that's not a good idea, but oh well. But yes, I think we're going to see a lot of loose wheels and a lot of uh, issues with those lug nuts uh, going forward, and I definitely think that uh, hopefully uh, NASCAR will get a little bit more understanding with those penalties. That's definitely a rough patch for both those teams. Not sure if the money team is going to be trying to run a full season or not, so I'm not sure how that's going to actually affect them, but definitely Conning Racing is going to be trying to run a full season this year, and that's definitely going to hurt them uh, going into the next few races. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and uh, definitely not a fan of these penalties right off the bat yet. I, I think I don't think we've done enough testing or enough uh, racing with these wheels to start handing out these penalties quite yet because honestly I think they were simply a wheel and lug nut failure is honestly what I think happened but of course that's me so we will see how this all plays out in the future but what did we think about the Daytona 500 and there's more next-gen stuff to talk about here in a little bit but Daytona 500 what did we think about it well Despite the fact that a lot of the cars, a lot of the drivers, a lot of the teams were going very easy. They weren't going uh, full blast. They were not going full throttle. Um, and full, full adrenaline. They, were not, they, weren't, they weren't putting everything out there. They were trying to save their cars going up for the next three weeks uh, swing. So obviously they were trying to save their cars as much as they could. Uh, I think the 500 was extremely good. Definitely was some segments where they just did the train, which wasn't enjoyable. But definitely seemed like they were really putting the car to its limits to some extent, testing out the drafting and trying to figure out what to do. Obviously, Brad Kozlowski definitely seemed to be pushing a little bit too much. But, hey, it's Daytona 500. You got to go. So, it's like it's it's one of those things everyone doesn't like it when you push too hard but also nobody likes it when you put the bumper to somebody at a short track so honestly uh super speed racing you gotta go when you gotta go and it's the daytona 500 so i'm not really gonna diss him also it is one of those things where you have two drivers that have to figure out what they can and cannot do in the draft and it's it, yeah I, I i'm not gonna diss anybody for uh, the Brad Keselowski incidents, I'll just say that maybe he pushed a little bit too hard and that's about it. So I'm not going to dwell on that too much. But definitely seemed like um, it was definitely a fairly normal Daytona 500. Not super, 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 super entertaining, but definitely interesting and enjoyable to watch. Uh, enjoyable to watch. Now let's get into the ads. <laughs> 
Way too many commercials, Fox. Way, 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 way too many commercials. The commercials were... There's like two minutes, we'd be back, we'd talk about something that happened, and then back to commercial break. Oh, look, the cars are pitted, and now they're going back onto the track. Ah, oh, back to commercial. Yeah, and I think, if I counted correctly, there were only four side-by-side -side commercial breaks. All of the other commercial breaks that I counted were all full screen. Yeah, that was not enjoyable. That was very irritating and we missed quite a few amazing uh, incidences uh, incidents that happened on the track due to having to watch full screen commercials so that was annoying but um, what can we do we're not in charge of Fox so we can't really fix it but Fox you need to fix that because that was way too many commercials and that definitely hurt the feeding of intensity for the Daytona 500. That was definitely very irritating to have to sit through and watch. But still, Daytona 500 overall, I think it was a uh, definitely fun event to watch, and the last few laps were amazing. So we have, obviously, Austin Cindric able to get the win in his first Daytona 500 running full-time. That was definitely very, very cool to see. Very excited for him. Uh, I'm not going to talk about whether or not he should have pushed Ryan Blaney or any of that, but I don't know. I don't know what all happened there. Definitely looked like... I think with the new cars, there's definitely some different visual cues, is what I'm going to say, and I think there's probably a lot of miscommunication that happened because of the new... Uh, the new cues from the car, because you have... Gen, the, the, cause with the last gen car, you had... Uh, all, all of the cameras, uh, all of the mirrors, all of the the, the the spots where you look to see where the car is, where the buddy is behind you, where the person is in front of you. And I think with these new gun, new cars, there's probably a little bit of a difference with the windshields, windows, etc. And so that's probably hurting uh, some of the, like, some of the, some of your normal racing cues to be able to see who's got the run, who's running where, and I think that's probably a bit of an issue. Because if I listen to Chase Briscoe correctly, his intent was to push Brad, but because Brad Kozlowski was, had gone pushed so far out and was slow, um, Chase Briscoe wasn't able to get to him and was going around him. So that's why that incident happened, was because Chase Briscoe kind of was going to push, but then saw how slow he was going, and then darted off to the side. So kind of a miscue there from Chase Briscoe is why that happened. So I def I'm not sure what all happened with Austin Cindric, Ryan Brainy, but definitely seems like uh, it's probably just some draft miscues going going forward with the different visual, your different visual, being able to look outside of the car uh, with the next gen is what I would uh, say is going on with that. Also, with the next-gen car, we saw different wrecks. Everybody seemed to be doing uh, fairly well. Fairly well uh, Through the wrecks, didn't seem to have any major uh, injuries or anything that uh, uh, disabled a driver. So that was definitely uh, nice to see with all of the talk of uh, safety issues. So that was definitely good to see for the Daytona 500 at super speedway speed. That was definitely good to see. But one thing we do need to talk about is the durability of the cars. Uh, the cars definitely did not seem to be as durable as they should be. Uh, with the brand new uh, independent suspension definitely seemed to be. Uh, even with, uh, with a lot smaller of an impact compared to other Daytona 500 or other super speedway racing. It definitely seemed like the wrist suspension was breaking 
uh, far quicker and with far less impact than any other of the NASCAR cars had previously, uh, that we've previously seen. And that definitely seemed to be uh, destroying a lot of people's days at the racetrack. Uh, due to that, I think uh, some of them were like Kurt Busch, I believe, had an issue. Denny Hammond had an issue. Uh, some of the other drivers had uh, similar issues with the rear suspension breaking and uh, just not being able to continue from there. We also saw multiple cars with issues with those wheels, which I mentioned, the wheels breaking, the tires going flat, and not being able to get the car out of the grass because there's you, you can't go anywhere. The, the, the wheels broke, the tires broke, there is no traction, there is no turning, there's no way to get that car out of the grass because you're high centered. The car's so low, and when the wheel breaks and the tires are flat, there's the, you, you can't move. And that, that definitely seemed to end a lot of people's day as well. So hopefully, NASCAR can figure that out. Maybe we can find a steel wheel to replace the aluminum wheel to fix that issue. But uh, that definitely was not helping multiple drivers go uh, through the Daytona 500 as multiple uh, cars and drivers got stuck in the grass and could not get out uh, due to that wheel and tire issue going going on. So hopefully that can get fixed. That was definitely another issue during the 500 that I saw that kind of corresponded with that wheel issue. Definitely seemed like uh, the weakest link of the car was the rear suspension and the uh, wheels and I definitely think that those are two areas that need to be fixed on that car. Um, I also believe uh, if I remember correctly somebody did point out that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. got turned straight into the wall so obviously hit face forward um, into the wall. Uh, somebody did point out that the impact looked much harder much harder than the uh, previous gen cars heading straight into the wall and that Ricky Stenthouse's head shot forward and dis and even with e that's even with the Hans device on his head shot forward and then was able to snap was able to snap back because of the Hans device and keep keep his face safe but still even even with uh the Hans device and the new seat um that he had for the 500 the impact looked extremely hard and uh was there was some concern that I'd heard about that particular incident uh, because we were able to see that in in inside cam from the um, from the broadcast and it definitely looked uh, fairly hot yeah I was uh, I didn't really notice it but somebody else did point out that compared to other wrecks with the older cars and uh, older seats uh, the impact looked f a lot a lot harder than uh, previous cars and so uh, that was interesting to note so I think there's still a lot of work the NASCAR needs to work on with the new car. I don't think that uh, we have seen the finalized version. I think there's going to be a lot of tweaking throughout the season. and that, that That's one reason why I think NASCAR really needs to hold off on the penalties because I think a lot of these issues that NASCAR is penalizing just the wheels for the 500 here, uh, kind of circling back here for a second, I think a lot of these issues can be fixed by changing something on the car, and I think that's an issue. That's something the NASCAR needs to realize. It's like, uh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be penalizing the teams just yet because the car that we've been working on isn't quite finished yet. I think we need to work on it a little bit more, and I think that's what NASCAR needs to realize uh, going forward. So, anyways, guys, we're going to take a break here in just a second. Be right back, and we're going to talk about the top tens in points for all three series, and we'll see you on the other side here in just a second. 
needing an up-to-date NASCAR 2022 schedule, well, you can get it. Go over to Ant on the Move on Etsy and you can get your printable. NASCAR Cup Series 2022 schedule, use the link below and you can get your downloadable and printable 2022 schedules for all three series. And if you use code GAMER30 at checkout, you can get 30% off. So use that code and check it out today. You can even check out other printables for Florida, state parks, and other things while you're there. That is Ant on the Move over on Etsy. That is www.etsy.com slash shop slash Ant on the Move. Check it out today. Alrighty guys, so we'll start off with the truck series. Uh, one story to hit on real quick is Matt Benedetto. Definitely excited to see him racing full-time in the truck series. Honestly, was uh, I think Matt Benedetto said that uh, he was playing the long game by staying in the back. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure about that. What I do know is that throughout the entire race, because uh, honestly, multiple cars are wrecked out during during the uh, multiple trucks wrecked out during the during the race, and definitely that that helped improve his position overall throughout the races. More more trucks got knocked out due to wrecks. Um, unfortunately. The, the the 25 truck never I never saw any speed I don't think that truck's going to have much speed throughout this season maybe during the latter part of the season if uh, Matt Benedetto's advice is taken and they can work on that truck more I think that might help but I definitely don't see a whole lot of speed for the first part of this season out of that number 25 truck but definitely nice to see him get a top 10 in the truck series definitely cool to see and uh, currently he sits 14th in points as the season goes so uh, hopefully at the end of all of these podcasts we're going to talk about the points uh, we'll see how we uh, do but uh, that is my intent is to give you the points rundown uh, uh, the, the top 10 points rundown on the um, series and then as we get closer to the playoffs we'll start looking at the top 16 and other stuff for the cup series and etc but anyway Zane Smith wins in the trucks beautiful loves number 38 Ford F-150 truck won the Daytona race. Very cool. Ben Rhodes is in second in points. Christian Eckes in the number 98 is in third. Tanner Gray is currently fourth. Ty Majeski in the 66 truck is in fifth. Chandler Smith in the number 18 is in sixth. John Hunter Nemechek is in seventh. Parker Kligerman is able to get 8th currently in the standings. Jesse Little in the 02 truck is currently ninth, And Danny Bone in the 20 truck is currently 10th. So that's the top 10 in standings currently in the truck series. Xfinity series. We got to see... Got to see Austin Hill win in the truck series. First race with RCR. Which was interesting. I, I, had, I knew that... Um, who was it? Sheldon Creed had moved over, but I had not realized that Austin Hill was racing for RCR as well. So that was that was interesting to see, and definitely seemed like a good duo uh, racing for RCR. So definitely glad to see their Xfinity program uh, getting some higher level drivers to be able to race in. So currently leading in the point standings is AJ Allmendinger. Uh, in second is Austin Hill. So even with a win, he's still behind AJ Allmendinger in points. It's kind of interesting. Uh, in third is Riley Hips. So Riley Hips third in points so far. All of that due to the cars and stuff being wrecked out throughout the race, but definitely seems like third is a good place to start for 
Riley Hip, so we'll see how that all goes and see how long he can stay up in the top 10. Uh, Justin Outgeier in the number 7 car is currently sitting in 4th. Currently sitting in 5th is the number 39 of Ryan Sieg. Noah Gregson is 6th. Ty Gibbs in 7th. Nice to see him running full time. That's going to be fun to watch. Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown had a great race Constantly uh, staying up in the top 10, competing. Uh, the car looked great. Sad to see no sponsors uh, of note on the car. Thank, thanks to uh, NASCAR's little meddling. So that, uh, But still, nice to see Brandon Brown kind of show that eh, it doesn't really matter. We can still compete. So that was nice to see. Sheldon Cree currently sits in ninth, And Anthony Alfredo currently sits in the top 10 in points. Nice run by Anthony Alfredo. The car looked really good. And uh, that's despite being, I think, put back multiple laps. I forget exactly the reason why. But multiple laps he was put back. But still able to uh, be top 10 in points. That that's That's pretty cool. Austin Sindrick, obviously the winner of the Daytona 500, is currently tied in points with Brad Kozlowski. So Brad Kozlowski and Austin Sindrick kind of sharing the top two spots there in a tie. Montrex Jr. currently sits in third. Montrex Jr. was very consistent, got a lot of stage points. He did a very good job with the Super Speed. I was very impressed with how often with how well he drove. He did a very good job. So I think that's definitely going to be a good year for Montreux Jr. He looked good. That was a good point. Uh, Bubba Wallace currently sits in fourth despite all of his whining and complaining. Good night. It's getting very annoying to watch him whine and complain. It's like, dude, I know you want to win, but you got second. Second in the Daytona 500. And I know it's, it's like it's one of those things. If you're not first, you're last. But still, you got second. And you can't say anything nice. It's like, please, stop whining. Stop complaining. Dude, you're doing good. It's like, come on. Chase Briscoe, fifth in points. Chase Briscoe, he looked very, very good. Definitely happy for him to be able to have that Mahindra uh, sponsorship. Car looked really good. And he did an excellent job throughout the weekend. But, uh, yeah, definitely a good performance at the Daytona 500. Ryan Blaney. Currently sits sixth in points. Uh, Michael McDowell, Michael McDowell in front row motorsports, did an excellent job throughout. Got to finish, currently finishing seventh in the points so far. Kyle Busch sitting in eighth. Chris Busher in ninth. So currently both RFK cars sitting in the top ten. That is definitely amazing to see. And the only Hendrix car is right here in 10th, and that is Chase Elliott currently sitting in the top 10. So that is rounding you out there. But also, uh, a little note here, David Reagan, though. David Reagan did a good job in the Daytona 500 and is currently 13th in points. I'm not sure if he's running full-time or not. He's running. He's in the 15 car, so yeah, he's probably not running full-time, but still a very good run by him. And uh, a little bit... And another thing to note over here as well is Ty Dillon in that new 42 uh, Richard Petty GMS car is in 14th in points. So the points are definitely going to move around a lot throughout this season. But still, that is what the points look like after the first race. And that's going to be interesting to see. So both RFK cars up in the top 10. Uh, definitely a lot of Toyotas up there, but still. It's going to be very interesting to see how all of those points work uh, throughout the season. And I'm going to be trying to uh, keep you 
keep you updated on the top 10 in points for all three series and I'll, I'll try to cover it every time there's a uh, race of the series so if like, the trucks are on off week I probably won't cover them but uh, but anyways we'll try and cover this every week uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the episode anyways guys hopefully you enjoyed this episode I'm gonna go get myself a beautiful drink of water or apple juice or something and hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys here next time on the pace car podcast don't forget to check out the YouTube channel for cool gaming videos thanks guys bye bye